Alright, today we're sitting at Cracker Barrel and yep. we're front porching with Ernest Applejack Owens. Absolutely. Uh, Ernest, tell me uh, in maybe two cents a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, you know, for me, I am a brand with one flavor, and that's different. What I like to do is make sure people are encouraged to be different, to be themselves, not blend in, but stand out. And, you know, I'm an avid Netflix watcher, um, I'm a professional popcorn maker. And I'm a rapper, so I do all those things all in one and keep it in one box. That's who I am, Apple Jacks. And you work for a, a nonprofit. What is the focus of that nonprofit? Well, the focus is uh, I work at the Charles Hamilton Houston Institute, the Harvard Law School, and it's a race and justice institute that focuses on um, bringing awareness to a range of race and justice issues from school to prison pipeline, death penalty, um, and just any injustice that um, minorities are facing. Our job is to bring awareness to it, host events, op-eds, videos, vlogs, or whatever, to bring awareness to it so other people can kind of collaborate and to fix the problems in their community. So there's a lot that that can entail. Is there, um, in the last year, is there one topic or one uh, question that has been heavier on your mind than others? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I feel like we need to do is more the focus on building up the youth. A lot of times, you know, you go to communities and the youth is always the last thing that they invest in. The schools are really bad. There are no programs for the youth. You know, they, they can build a new building, a new apartment building, but they can't even add, you know, 300000 to the school to bring in new technology. So one thing that we focused on is making sure that everything we're trying to do is building up, um, building up youth so that they can use their talents to be great. And so one, our problem and our thing that we want to do is help youth um, explore and become what they're supposed to be I think most of the time what we usually see in communities is that they invest in everything else except the future. So our job is to help. I want to do that, you know, help kids be great. So why is this a justice issue? Why isn't just this simply just an education issue or yeah, an economic you, issue? You know, uh, a lot of kids are going to jail for no reason. You know, we, we have a lot of kids that are going to jail for just marijuana and they're in the pipeline or their neighborhoods are really bad so they're kind of profiled as like thugs or profiled as kids that are trying to do bad things. So when you're growing up in an environment where you're already looked at as less than, you're not in a place that you can actually become great. So one of the things that we like to provide is just, you know, help people understand that this is a justice issue. This is not just an education issue because kids are, are going to jail at a young age of 15, 16, 17 years old, being placed into the system early Therefore, preventing them from being, um, you know, having opportunities to go to school, opportunities to work at certain places. So it's a difficult road, and that's why it's a justice issue, because it's not just education. It's the whole total person in these communities. All right, so let's say I hear that, and I agree, and I'm like, yeah, something needs to be done. But then I start to think, well, aren't these big systemic things? Like, what could I possibly do? So what could someone sitting in their home, uh, right. what could they possibly do? Uh... I think it's the old saying, teach one, reach one. Um, not sure if that's it, but I would say start at one person at a time. One of the things that people in the community, if you're not in a group or if you are not a part of a company or anything like that, I think if you just find one kid that you can reach, one kid that you can work with, you start with making a change with that one person and making sure they finish school, be a mentor, connecting with them. And I think it starts with just one, one at a time. Everyone can find someone to build and everyone can find someone to disciple and, um, and bring up to new things. So 
Hey, Bella. <laughs> We're going to bring Bella into the conversation. Yep. Hey. Today we're front porching with Bella Grace. Hey, Bella, Bella Grace. Grace. What is one thing you've seen recently that it's, you look at it and you're like, yes, they get it, that's heading in the right direction? In Boston, there's a, re a recording studio I, I work out of. Um, I record at the record company in Boston. What they do is they have a program that's ran by students and you know, the, their staff that oversee it. But the students are the recording artists, they're the producers, and they've taken um, at-risk youth and created programs so they can take free studio classes, free music pro tool classes, and students that are, are um, like that want to be in the industry, want to be musicians, they go there. I think it's for free. It was like a short fee or something like that per class, and a small fee. And basically, they just let the students um, learn how to be artists, and they're able to make albums. They come together and work on things as a community. So what they've done is just give an opportunity that to kids that would never have opportunity in their neighborhood to be able to use their talents in music and just come together and have a, a nice place that they can go to. It's a really state of the art. I um, did my last album there, Trini recorded her album there, and it's a great studio. And what I like about it is they've taken something that usually people use for profit and doing non-profit work out of a studio. And I think that, as a matter of fact, I think that the record company is a non-profit organization that's built on providing an outlet for the community. So that is an example of using technology, using music, something that kids are into, bringing them into the fold, teaching them, and then allowing them to express express themselves through the music. So that's what, to me, as a perfect example of what someone can do with just a dream and a vision and take something from nothing and make it into something. So yeah, that's what it is. You know, I, I like it and it's a really good opportunity. That's good. You mentioned uh, giving youth an opportunity. Why is it that you feel like some youth don't have the opportunity? We, um, I think youth don't have an opportunity because they don't have access to the technology. Mm. Um, I think with a computer, a phone, and YouTube, kids can become anything. Mm. So I think that a lot of times when you see the inner city trying to develop solutions, they always forget about the technology piece. Never really focus on what people can use that's accessible, something that they have right now. $20, $30, $40 lavalier, a phone, you know, a YouTube channel, that's all you need. And you can become whatever it is you can, you can develop any ideas on. You can do cooking shows, rap shows, anything on YouTube, you can create a brand off of that. So I think, honestly, it's just teaching on what they can use with the minimal resources they have and make something out of it. And a lot of times when you're thinking of resources, Everyone's always thinking these big elaborate plans, but some kids are like, look, I don't care about that. That might take 10 years. What can I do right now? So I think just giving them the right resources and the right tools and guidance, that's what I think is missing for kids need. Now let's say we have a, a teen that hears you say that and they're like, well, that's great, but I don't, I don't have anything to offer. I don't feel like I'm smart enough to do something like that, or I don't feel like I have good enough ideas to do that, or I'm not creative enough to do that. Right. Um, what would you say to a youth like that that's saying, I'm not even at the point where I could know what to do with a mic and a right. phone? What would you say to that youth? Well, the first thing I would tell them and ask is, what's your story? Because in every aspect of business, there is an element of story. So for a youth that doesn't know what to do, what to talk about, let's talk about your life. Mm -hmm. Because there are always going to be endless stories to tell about your life alone. One year alone can give you 20 years worth of content because you can just break it up let people know what's going on. So I think the first thing is really to tell the story. And then once they understand 
who they are and where they're from, then it would give them an opportunity of how they can take their story and help other people. So the idea of becoming successful is not really about um, how much money I can make, but how I can add value to other people. And so telling a story um, is what we hear a lot in your testimony. You tell that story, you're able to tell someone what happened to you and how you got out of it so you can actually help someone else. And that's what I would tell them. You're famous today. Look at you. Everyone thinks you're cute. Yeah. You just staring at everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like the concept of storytelling is underrated, underappreciated. So, um, let me hear a little more about this idea of like, you know, everybody has a story. Let's go back to the bigger context of race and justice, um, even beyond the youth. How can storytelling play a role in making impact in that arena? You know, I think in the race and justice field, I would say first my story. I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. There was a landfill behind my house. So imagine all the city's trash is behind my house. Drug dealers on the other side, shootouts. I'm seeing all types of negativity in my neighborhood, in my area. And from that experience, I didn't see no other success story other than drug dealers. They're the only ones that had money, only ones driving new cars. What helped me in this situation was hearing the stories of the drug dealers. And they're telling me, look, don't do what we're doing. You go to school, play basketball. That's what that's that the trap dudes were telling me not to go into the trap because as they shared their story, they allowed me to divert my plan to follow them and to find something else that I was interested in. And not only that, I had other family members and friends and church members and things like that, but that really impacted me because by telling me their story, I was able to figure out, oh, okay, I don't have to do that. I can be cool with me, and I can make a difference that way. And that's, I think, a lot of times, you know, we, we forget that storytelling and race and justice is so powerful because once you hear someone else's story, you realize what they're going through and maybe what you can do to help them. <laughs> what you can do to help them and also um, how you can share your story to benefit others. And that's how it can help in race and justice. So in what you just said, I hear there's two elements to the storytelling. One is the storytelling, like me saying, I have a story to tell, let me tell it. Right. The other element is listening to somebody's story. So let me ask this question. Right. I'm a white male, and yeah. in the topic of race, you know, being in a uh, position of privilege, it could be very easy for me to just think about my story. So what are some ways that I uh, can listen to the stories being told? Very good question. Um, my brother, Bobby Bishop, Social worker in Lynn, Mass, one of the um, kind of impoverished areas, a lot of things going on there, violence, gangs, things of that nature. And he's white too, white male. One of the things that can happen from the white males and white women that are, you know, trying to reach inner city youth is really, like you said, listening. Is listening to the stories and saying, wow, you know what? I didn't really know it was like that. And also admitting that. There is um, white privilege. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, you don't really hear that often. Like, oh, you know, I understand. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yes, as you usually see that. But not really like, you know what? My story is completely different. And I want to actually learn more. Because I know that my story and my complexion will allow me to get past things that you wouldn't be able to. So I think listening is the first art form in, in being able to relate. Number two is 
um, not doing crazy things intentionally. You know how some people are just bad at rap and they try to rap. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to rap a verse. Uh, like, don't do that. You know, they <laughs> like you to be who you are. So I think being genuine who you are yeah. makes sense. And also, kids just like someone there that is willing to listen and be in the trenches with them. A lot of times what you see, people coming from the burbs, not saying anything wrong with it, they live away and away from the situation and they're not there. Let's say they do live in the burbs and they're, and they're coming to the hood, that's okay. But a lot of times they don't want to see someone that only comes two times a month or every three months. If someone lives in the burbs and they come to the city every single day, the kids will respect it. So being there also makes a lot of a difference because that says that that person is there and really trying to help and really trying to be an influence in the city. So commitment and intentionality are big. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. absolutely. For those that like to pray, uh, yeah. what are some ways that they can be praying uh, along the lines of race and justice? Yeah, regarding race and justice, the prayers can simply be prayers of resources. And when I say resources, I'm actually talking about thought leaders bringing new ideas to the city. It doesn't cost money to bring ideas to the city. It costs money to make those things happen. But the ideas alone will spark interest to other kids and help kids and also workers and, and mentors and people that work in the city be like, oh, you know, we can really do this. A lot of times we don't pray that. We don't, we don't pray for, for us to use what we have and our mind and our story is enough to really build, a, build an audience. Um, pray for strategic plans how to implement this strategy. For example, for inner city youth, initially they need a few things. They need they need their story, they need a phone, they need a Gmail account, they need access to be able to view um, content online, and for the communities to build strategies, a blueprint of success for their city. So if you're in Richmond, Virginia, it's different from Boston. So they need something that Richmond is going through and how they can kind of navigate around it. Prayer and also pray for um, for more money, that there can be money to, to be invested in the city and in your community so that folks can really, um, you know, utilize the talent really well. Because, you know, without money, you can't buy things. You know, kids need new things for their school. I grew up in a school, we didn't have textbooks. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't get textbooks or you got to share a textbook. You can't take it home, things of that nature. So, and I will also pray that um, more people have compassion on the inner city passionate about you know what's going on and have a heart to say you know what although I live over here I can I can donate something to this cause um, because sometimes we don't really need the money we just need people there to be willing to help and provide the resources or connections or network and then everything else will be on drift. Yeah. You mentioned resources it made me think if I wanted to learn more on this topic are there resources that are easily accessible to me right now? Yeah so we're working on some things right now um, and when you go to AppleJacksBrand.com, we're going to have a lot of strategies there. There's um, StoryBrand.com. They can help you understand how to convey and tell your story. And then there's um, a few others. i got to remember exactly where they are. But when you go to AppleJacksBrand.com, you'll see some links and, and free downloads. Um, usually, you have to start with thinking like a brand as opposed to a community worker. Because when you think like that, then you're forcing yourself to understand exactly how to um, take what you have and use it. So a lot of times we go in, how do you help people with um, housing issues and things like that? A lot of it is more visibility. So if they're doing what you're doing now, 
by creating a, a webisode about particular topics, that alone would draw people to it and say, you know what? I need to get down to Virginia. This will help me because I saw this video on YouTube or Facebook. And so I think the strategies, it starts with the story and then creating the content and then and then building awareness about what's going on in the area. And I think that's really, that's really the basis for it. Um, and then the strategies of how to do each one, we're going to kind of work through that and try to find some more things. Uh, but those are the three, those are the first two that I know of. Some of the things I'm thinking about is things I might have to just create. Yeah. Because it's maybe it's, maybe it's a thing that I'm thinking of, of what people can do. But the more I think of branding for myself as an artist, I'm actually like, wow, everyone can do this. Like from a community, from a person with no money. And, you know, I started with zero money in my account. So that's like, I know what that feels like. And I think anyone can do it. can make it happen. So. And uh, is there a, like, if you could, uh, is there like a website if I wanted to learn more about racial justice? What would, would be a good starting point for someone that wants to do that? Yeah, so our website, charleshamiltonhouston.org, we have everything there about um, economics, stability, housing, school to prison pipeline. Um, we're revamping our website, but there you have um, an array of topics on race and justice. And also people from other states are gonna be collaborating on the website or connecting through the website. So that way they can take their uh, familiar topics of, of whatever issue they're dealing with and they can find people in their city that's passionate about that particular topic. So um, we're doing everything. We're currently working on it now, but charleshamiltonhouston.org there will be, that is going to be the premier place to go for like this type of work and, and race and justice, not only for Boston, but it's meant to be nationwide because we work with folks from Texas, yeah. North Carolina, California, and each state is going to have, eventually we're going to have a map where people can go to a map, click their state, and find particular resources based on organizations in that state wow. and find it so that other um, organizations can collect, connect, and collaborate in their state just by looking at this geographic map. So that's what we're doing. And it's gonna I think we're gonna have a it's gonna be releasing this summer or spring, so we're still working through it. But yes, that the geographic map with all that content on there, because we feel like there's a need to have a way for people to connect and find all the information. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Uh, the only thing I will say is check us out, CharlesHamiltonHouston.org. My name is Apple Jacks. And you can be the difference in the world. Well, I appreciate you yeah, taking some time out yeah. here in a cold, sort of porch at Cracker yeah, Barrel. You know, it's the porch, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> God, love yourself, love your neighbors. Heaven's revelation. <laughs>